Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Fresh breath of life. Oh, are you in need of a fresh breath of life today? Sometimes we just long for that fresh breath of air, that fresh breath of life that comes from above to just flow through us, through our mind, our spirit man, our inside man, and our body just to be rejuvenated by the power of God. And that's exactly what God wants to do for you today. Welcome to this broadcast. I'm so happy you're here and that we can talk together about this very important subject. And maybe it's vital for you today to receive that life, that breath of life to just inspire you and help you and just give you a different perspective in life. Oh, that's what the power of God can do. That's what the touch of God can do. And let's go immediately to that story in Mark chapter 3, and we're going to read a few verses, starting at verse 1, about Jesus who healed that man with the withered hand. Yes, the withered hand. And maybe your hand is not withered today, but your spirit is withered or your heart is just crumbled. Oh, because you have been under such pressure, maybe such pain in your life, maybe in your marriage life or with the raising of your children or maybe at the workplace, or in your finances, and somehow you feel withered today. But today, hallelujah, I'm going to pray for you that that fresh breath of air from heaven will come over you and just rejuvenate you and make you new again. Let's read it together. Then Jesus went back in the meeting place where he found a man with a crippled hand. The Pharisees had their eyes on Jesus to see if he would heal him, hoping to catch him in a Sabbath infraction. He said to the man with the crippled hand, Stand here where we can see you. Then he spoke to the people, What kind of action suits the Sabbath best, doing good or doing evil, helping people or leaving them helpless? No one said a word. He looked them in the eye, one after another, angry now, furious at their hard-nosed religion. He said to the man, hold out your hand. He held it out, and it was as good as new. The Pharisees got out as fast as they could, sputtering about how they would join forces with Herod's followers and ruin Jesus. In the other translation, I was reading out of the Message Bible, but in the other translation, it says, after looking around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness and arrogance of their hearts. Yes, Jesus was grieved because of the hardness of their heart. Here there was a man with a crippled hand, or as it says in the older translation, a withered hand. His hand was withered. It was crippled. It was useless. And that man was in need. Oh, that withered hand had cost him a lot, a lot in his life. There was so much he could not do anymore. And he suffered because of it. And Jesus saw this man and he saw his need and he wanted to 
touch him with his healing power, that it would flow through him and that it would restore this man, not just his hand, but his life. But around them, there were these people in their heart, religion, and they didn't want to see that man prosper at all. They didn't want to see that man blessed at all. Oh, they were so self-righteous that it made Jesus angry. Oh, sometimes we can be in some spirit, some atmosphere. Oh, and it's just hardened our hearts for others that are in need. And we're just focusing on something that has become so important for us that we don't care about the life of somebody else anymore. We don't even want to see them healed anymore because we are so rigid in our own atmosphere, which is actually withered more than the withered hand. Yes, the withered hand. What does it say to us? What does it speak to us today? Well, it can speak about a spiritual atmosphere that we can find ourselves in. And I'm not just talking about those hardened hearts that were there. No, it can be different things. Maybe with you, your faith has withered. Maybe your prayers have ceased. Or maybe you have even lost all your joy. Maybe some area of your life is just like that withered hand, like that withered tree that was cursed. Remember that? And it, it, it just lost all its life. All the life has been sucked out of it. I meet so many people today that because of the world situation and because of all the cares of life and because of all the pressure that is there and all the suffering and all the news on the media, all the life has just been sucked out of them. The life has been sucked out of their marriage or the life has been sucked out of their family or their finances, or some other area in their life. And, and, and they love the Lord. Yes, they love the Lord. But there is an area that needs that fresh breath of air. Oh, hallelujah, that I know that Jesus wants to give it to you today. Christ wants to come and breathe his life into your dead soul, into your dead marriage, into your dead, well, whatever it might be in your life. Well, I'm sure that this man had hid his hand. He was hiding his hand as so many times we hide the things that are not right in our lives. Oh, I know this couple. They came to church for years, and they came together, and they acted like, well, you know, that was the couple. That was the marriage that you wanted to have in your life. And we didn't even know that they were already living separated. They just met at church, and they made the whole facade that everybody would think that everything was so perfect in their life, but their life was withered. Oh, my dear friend, so many times an area can be withered. Or maybe it's just like that man who has lost his job, but he doesn't dare to tell at home that he has no more income and he has taken a loan or is using his credit card to pay the bills that are there every month. But he is going in deep and deeper and deeper into debt and his life is withered and it's having an impact on so much more. Oh, maybe it's those extra pounds that you have gained during the Christmas dinner and you're wearing that extra jacket just to hide those extra pounds. Well, I can understand that. We all have done that at some point in our life, maybe. But I'm just wanting to say that we hide 
things in our life to give the appearance that things are better than they really are. And maybe I'm speaking right to you today. It's like the Lord himself is speaking to you today and is telling you, I know about those things that you're hiding. And I see the pain that is there. I see the suffering that is there. And what I want you to do is come and stand here in the midst of us and stretch out that hand. Or maybe you're saying right away, I can't do that, John. I can't do it. Well, you know, that man could not stretch out that hand because it was crippled and withered, just like Lazarus could not come out of the grave when Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. Just like that man could not stand up that his four friends brought before Jesus because he was lame. He could not stand up. Yet Jesus said to the man, rise up, take your bed and walk. And to Lazarus, he said, Lazarus, stand up, get out of that tomb and come forth. And he said to this man, come on, stretch out your hand. He could have said immediately, I can't do that. And you know, this is exactly where many people are today in their life. Jesus has given a commandment. He says, rise up. He says, stand up. Stretch out that hand. Come out of that grave. Stand up, you that are lame and crippled. But immediately, our thoughts are saying, I can't do this. I can't do it. Just like this man could not do it. But you know, there is power and promise in that commandment. And your healing and your miracle is in that commandment. If you just say, I can't do it, and keep sitting there in your dead situation, you will never experience that fresh breath of life. That fresh breath of life comes when we come into obedience. And coming into that obedience means we are acting in faith. Faith without works is dead. Works without faith is nothing. But faith without works is also nothing. Your faith will be seen in the works that are produced by that faith. So Jesus gives the commandment and he says to you, rise up today and I will blow into your life a fresh breath of air. Oh, I've had this in my life several times or oh, not so long ago. Oh, for weeks, it was not going so well with me. And I had a checkup at the hospital and things were not so well. And I rested for some days thinking maybe the rest would get me out of that situation. But after three days, I found out this rest is not going to help me even if I stay a month on this bed. All oh, the doctors cannot help me right now because they don't have a solution for this situation. But I can rise up. And the next day, I got up and I stood up and I stepped in my miracle. I stepped in that word of obedience in faith. And I tell you, the moment I got up, the fresh breath of air flowed through my body and I rose up in the power of God. Oh, this is where we are in limbo sometimes. We are waiting for God to touch us, to heal us, to bless us, to give us a sign, to do something from his side. And Jesus has already given that word and that commandment. And now it's up to us to stand up and to receive. You need to rise up just like this man. He stretched out his hand and it says immediately, or if he would have said, Jesus, I can't do it. 
Oh, I can't do this. Oh, that, I don't feel nothing. Oh, I, 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 I need a, a celestial vision. I need an angel to come. Oh, he could have said many things while Jesus was standing before him doing that miracle right there if he would just act on that word. And he acted on that word and he received, hallelujah. Oh, just like that man in John chapter 5. I can't read the whole story now, but you know who I'm talking about. The man at the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy. Bethesda can also mean pouring forth. Well, it could have been called house of misery because there were five areas there and it was filled with miserable people who needed mercy. All of them were sick, were aching, were in pain, waiting, waiting for the angel of the Lord who would come down every now and again and steer the waters. And whoever would touch the water first after the steering would be healed. All that place was filled with people who were affected physically, mentally, and spiritually. And there was that man there who was crippled, crippled for 30 years eight years, 38 years. What was he doing in that place? Waiting, waiting, waiting. I don't know how many years he was waiting there. You know what's the funny thing in this story? He didn't cry out to Jesus. He didn't crawl to Jesus. He didn't look for Jesus, but Jesus came to him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, dear people, so many times we have faith for those that come to Jesus. But today I'm telling you out of the word of the Lord, we need to have faith for those people that are not even looking for Jesus. But Jesus is looking for them just as Jesus has been looking for you, my dear friend. And he came to this man and he has come to you and he is standing before you. And he asked that man, do you want to be made whole? Well, what a question. We would say, well, yes, of course I want to be made whole. But you know, I found that's not always the truth. It's just like that hotel room that has been made specially for handicapped people. Oh, you know, everything in the room is adapted for those with a handicap. And some people are living in a home that is specially adapted to the handicap. Well, thankful that those things are possible today. Maybe your whole financial income is based upon your handicap. Maybe your whole friendship, your crowd of friends, it's brought together by your handicap. And you know, if you will be healed by the power of God, it's not just that you can walk again or that your marriage will be well again. No, it will mean that your whole life needs to change. Your whole surrounding needs to change. Maybe even your group of friends need to change. And some people, they are afraid of this kind of an impact in their life because, well, their pain, their suffering has become their friend. It has become their source. It has become the means of getting attention, and they don't want to lose all those extra things. Oh, it's terrible to live with that handicap, to live in that misery. Well, this man was waiting for the angel. He was waiting for a sign. He was waiting for something while Jesus, the word, 
that had become flesh was standing before him. And my friend, maybe you are waiting for some vision, somebody to touch you, some word or prophecy. You're waiting for something, a sign, a feeling, a shiver. I don't know what you are waiting for, but Jesus is standing before you right now. He is speaking to you right now. You know, the Bible says Jesus is the word that became flesh. You want to see the fleshly part, the fleshly outward of Jesus, but he was the word with the Father before he came to this earth and became flesh, and he is still the word today. Oh, don't ask me exactly how all these things work. It's so complicated that our mind cannot comprehend it, and on the other hand, it is so simple if you will just believe him and trust him. His word is coming to you now. So his word is with you now. So Jesus is with you now. Hallelujah. But sometimes we rather wait for an angel than to have Jesus minister to us. Well, don't wait for that angel. Jesus is with you now to minister to you right now. Hallelujah. Don't keep waiting any longer. Don't be afraid for the impact or the change upon your life, but believe when he comes into your life and makes you whole, you will be blessed and all things will become healthy and will become whole. And so he spoke to this man and he said, and again, he did not pray a long prayer for this man, but he commanded this man and he said, get up, take your bedroll and start walking. Oh, don't reply to this message. Oh, I, oh well, well, John doesn't understand me. Oh, well, John doesn't know how I'm suffering. Well, John doesn't. Well, I don't need to understand it. I am speaking the word of the Lord. Jesus, well, you would say the same thing to him. Well, I can't do that. I can't do that. You need to touch me first. But no, my dear friend, Jesus is speaking to you right now and saying, I have paid the price. I took your burdens, your shame, your sin upon me. I broke the curse over your life. I came into your life to bring you life and abundance. I took all your diseases upon me. I am your strength. I am your power. I am your savior. I am your healer. And right now in my name, in my strength, rise up, Jesus is telling you, and step into your miracle, or oh, believe it today, that as you are obedient, that fresh breath of life will flow through you right now. Father, I pray for my listeners as they will rise up and make a decision to rise up out of their situation. You will flow through them with that fresh breath of life from heaven. You will touch their life, touch their mind, touch their spirit, touch their body, touch every area and aspect of their life. Touch their marriage, oh Lord, touch their finances. Do a miracle right now as they rise up in faith, in faith believing that you already have done it for them. And as they act upon your word, Lord, I know something will be 
activated in the spirit, in the natural, and things will start to happen. Oh, good things are coming their way. Good things will happen right now because you are with us. You are everywhere. Oh, hallelujah for that. So, Lord, touch them with a miracle, with life. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 